Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana, featuring the card accepted by doctors in all 50 states. Information available at bcbsla.com or Twitter, hashtag TopDoctors. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. What a difference a few years make. Remember the good old days when nobody knew Facebook or Twitter or a thousand other internet startups were going to make any money? Now Facebook and Twitter are multi-billion dollar public companies with shareholders demanding profits and internet startups founded on ideas rather than income aren't quite so fashionable. My guests on Out to Lunch today are two of New Orleans' leaders in the changing face of social media and online ventures. Chris Schultz is the founder of Launchpad, the shared workspace that's become New Orleans headquarters for a host of IT companies. And Chris is also the founder of Voodoo Ventures, an angel investor and developer of online businesses with intriguing names like Flatstack, Bar Notes, and Nico Nico. Chris, <laughs> welcome out to lunch. Thanks, Peter. It's where, great to be here. Where did Nico Nico come from? Rick? You know, Nico Nico, this is now, this is going to be tough on the radio. It is a Amananapia, that's a tough word to say on the radio, right. for smile in Japanese. And so it's the sound that a smile makes in Japanese. And it's a app that is a mood tracking app. So we have analytics on everything, Google Analytics, analytics all over the web. This is analytics for how your team is feeling. That's what Nico Nico does. Wow. God, I don't think I would have guessed that. I would have thought maybe named after Nico Case the singer or something. I don't. I wouldn't have got that right. The, the <laughs> other, the other guest today is Mackenzie Coco. Uh, Mackenzie is the founder and president of specialist online marketing company FSC Interactive. I have a feeling it's not a bizarre story behind that, which is good. <laughs> the, uh, whose impressive roster of clients includes the New Orleans Convention and Visitors Bureau, Ochsner Health System, the Downtown Development District, Hotel Monteleone, and many, many more. Uh, Mackenzie, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, you do. Uh, you do something that people talk about is the, the, the idea of how to get your website placed higher in the pecking order and things like that. What, what do you call that whole field? That is called search engine optimization. And we really specialize in two service lines at FSC. One is social media strategy and social media management. So how to be an effective communicator through social media with goals and metrics in mind to help your business. And then how to make sure that you are being found for the keywords that represent your service lines and who you are and what you do um, by pr producing great content, optimizing the website from the structural perspective of how Google likes it to look, and then also using social media and the conversations that you're having in social media to elevate that content on your website to found more links coming into your web about exactly who you are and what you do. And I know if you don't do that, you get buried. I've a, I, have a, I have a speaking website, and it's behind Rashuti's Chocolate in San Francisco and a guy that sells <laughs> walnuts and things like that, so I should talk to you. We definitely should talk. Absolutely. Now, social media and marketing used to be two things that it didn't go together. Social media was a place where you hung out with your friends online, and marketing was something that happened, well, somewhere else. Uh, then social media sites discovered they need to make money, and businesses found a way to become 
people and hang out on social media. Now it seems like businesses and social media sites are moving into a more formal relationship where companies are launching paid ad campaigns uh, and they show up, for example, as promoted tweets on Twitter and boosted posts on Facebook. Uh, do these campaigns work? Absolutely. We are actually doing a blog post this week, so this is, could not be more timely. Um, we have a newsletter that goes out every Thursday, and we have four case studies of clients that we work with here in the New Orleans area of what Facebook ads and promoted posts and sponsored stories, which are paid elements of Facebook, and how they elevated their growth. Um, Facebook has something called um, edge rank. And um, so for every post that you post on Facebook, if you do not get comments or shares or likes or responses to, Facebook sees that as not quality content. So the next time you go to post something, it may not have the reach of your entire audience. As a matter of fact, most of the time, you're only reaching 25 to 40% of your Facebook fans that have asked to receive your content, you're only still showing up to 25 to 40% of the time. And that's been called by them? Yes, by Facebook, ah. to make money. Yeah. So then you have to purchase advertising to say, I want this particular post or this particular story to go to all of my fans. So you're having to pay to even reach your own fans. Or you can even have it to where it's your, the friends of your fans, so it can go further. And the further you go, the more you pay. But we've seen tremendous growth with four different clients we work with, New Orleans Tourism and Marketing Corporation, the CVB, Fulton Alley, which is a new bowling alley here in town, and Hotel Monteleone that we had not seen prior to this. And we actually reached our entire 2014, so we should be reaching it by December 2014, by December of this year, just by two months of advertising that we were doing as a test to see what we should put in the budget for 2014 for their fans, for their reach, for their engagement in all of the social channels, particularly in Facebook. That answers the question whether it's, uh, whether it's worth it. Now, now, Chris, you must hear a lot of ideas. As an angel investor in web-based businesses, you're the first person to put money into a project. Uh, most people looking for investment have some sort of business plan that demonstrates how everyone's going to make money out of this and why it's a great new idea. Sometimes what seems crazy ends up making a fortune. Other times it ends up, well, j just crazy. Uh, your newest venture might appear to be the craziest yet. And that's what we just uh, touched on earlier, this, this app called Nico Nico, and you told us how it got its, got, its, uh, got its name, but what are you trying to measure there? What are you trying to do? You know, I think uh, one of the things that remains uncharted territory in this world where most ch territory is charted is how we're feeling how we emotionally are feeling. And as a manager, as a team leader, um, if you know the morale of your team, that's, a, that's an indicator that's a very leading indicator to whether a project's going to get done, whether you have a good month in sales, a lot of different things. Um, and often an early indicator of that is just sort of the mood of the team. And typically organizations check in you know, they kind of care about this stuff once a year. They have an employee review, how are you doing, you know, how do you like working here? And then the rest, the other 364 days, nobody cares about it. So some companies do more frequent surveys, you know, quarterly surveys. This is actually a product that allows you to check in, um, you know, on a daily basis. And, you know, you can get it on, you know, it's an iPhone app, it's on the web, you get an um, email that says how you're doing, and it's a very lightweight way to check in and understand kind of the, the mood or the pulse of your team. And those employees are, Filling out something? 
Yeah, they're actually responding to it's. It's as easy as sending a tweet. Um, so there's they're literally swiping a smiley face with how they're feeling at the moment. They can add context to it if they want to, and um, uh, but you know it takes five seconds to respond to. And I think that's in this you know sort of social media world, our attention span, our our willingness to fill out a 50 question right. employee survey. You know that's fading. But we will answer a quick IM conversation or we will send a quick tweet, and that's essentially this is sort of bite size uh, version. Of that. And is it is it anonymous? That's actually a setting, and that's something we're learning a lot about, about what organizations uh, want. Culture is crucial to this. So do you have a culture in your organization, on your team, of transparency and openness, where it's okay to say you're disappointed or you're frustrated with your manager? Or are you a business that's sort of, you know, big, you know, Fortune 500 behemoth, and, you know, you know that there's going to be yeah. something that, um, you know, that, that, that's going to be a bad outcome if you, if you actually are honest about it. So we've been working with uh, the Wharton School, the Positive Psychology, department there to develop this. We've also been working with Google, uh, their people analytics division, and so um, we're, we're, we're working with big companies that care about this stuff, and it's, uh, it's an interesting project right now. This is so much better than the mood ring. That's right. Yes. Although, yes. although if I could integrate a mood ring, like a Fitbit kind of uh, mood ring, yeah. that would be cool. That would be great. <laughs> Mackenzie, let me just ask you, if we were to bring you back, and probably definitely will, but let's say three years from now, how will the social media uh, landscape be different? If I knew, I could probably make billions and billions of dollars. I think it is changing so frequently. Even the applications that we currently have are constantly changing. I mean, just to stay up to date with what's happening in the Facebook changes, I have a staff member that is dedicated to looking at all the new upgrades, the advancements, how that affects advertising, how that affects posts. Um, there's new tools constantly being added in and constantly coming out. Um, if you look at Vine, that came in and it was pretty, I mean, it was kind of short-lived and has now really been taken over by InstaVid, which is a part of Instagram, um, which we were promoting, hey, let's get all our clients on Vine. And then saw quickly that was fading and then moved everybody over to InstaVid. So I think new tools are going to continue to come out and change the landscape of that. I think just staying um, on top of those and under or having someone in your marketing or communications department that can kind of look at the landscape, see how it fits for your business, and make sure that you don't get behind the times. And if there is something that's a new tool that's coming out, give it a few minutes, you know, a month, two months, three months before you invest a lot of time or resources into building out an entire portfolio or profile into something like that that might be very short-lived, but be aware that it's there. Claim your name if you own a brand so that if you do want to engage into that medium and make sure that no matter what medium comes and goes, what's happening three years from now, that you're integrating it into the rest of your marketing, that you are using assets that you already have on the web or that you're doing in press releases or that you're doing in blogs or radio interviews or television interviews. However, that you are currently doing your marketing, that you're using these social tools, whether they're old or new or changing, into what you're currently doing to make every everything more holistic. And you, we really can't expect that person, that man or woman that's running a small business to keep up with these kind of variations. Uh, that's where they they would rely on you, I would imagine, right? Well, we have, we have two real um, service, I mean, we have two service lines, which is search and then the social media side of things, and then they, of course, integrate. We work with large clients like Zatarans. That's one of our new clients for 2014. Um, so we'll be working with them and handling the voice of Zatarans in social media, working with their agency to make sure that the branding is consistent. But we have a brand new service line that I developed when I came out of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business hey, we Program. We were talking about that earlier. It's yeah. a great program I think I town. met you there, yeah. as a matter yes, of fact. Yes, right. Um, so that was over at Delgado. 
Auto, it's a great plan. You come up with a growth plan and an idea of how to elevate your business to what you want in three years, five years, 10 years, whatever it may be. So part of my growth plan was developing a business line in FSC for small businesses that can't necessarily afford a long-term retainer or they can't necessarily afford for me to execute on their behalf on Twitter or Facebook, or maybe they don't want it. Maybe they want to be their own voice. But it can be overwhelming, it can be confusing, it can be a huge time suck. And unless you have goals and efficiencies and a set schedule, as well as a set strategy of the type of content that you're gonna put out there, it can become overwhelming and too time consuming for a lot of business owners. So we come in and work with business owners for 90 days. We help them understand the value of social media, develop a strategy, assess what tools are right for them based on their times and their needs and how they're going to track this and what are their end goals and how they can elevate themselves in search with social media tools or developing blogs or reworking content on their website and then kind of give them the tools and the resources and we're calling it the empowerment program to empower them to be online marketers for themselves. And if they need us, of course, they can come back and check in. We do have weekly email updates, so that's always giving you the latest and breaking news in social media from my great team back at um, the office. I can't say that I write very much of that content at all, <laughs> but they do a great job of keeping everyone up on those trends and making sure that everyone's staying informed with how to be the best small business social media expert or the largest you know, corporate social media professional they can be. Well, that's great. And Chris, let me ask you a question that I'm, I'm sure listeners are thinking about. When we're talking about you being an angel investor, I mean, we think of all these, these levels like uh, people invest in the stock market. These are companies that are very fully established, they've gone public and all. What are the gradations? What, you're obviously at the complete other side of it. Where, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it actually is, is, um, is, is pretty well structured. Uh, the first money you would go for, if you've got an idea, you've got a little bit of business plan, it's going to be your own. I mean, you're going to fund with your credit cards. You need, to, you need to get a little skin in the game and get it somewhere. Next step is typically friends, family, sometimes called friends, family, and fools. Uh, <laughs> the people who get in at a very early <laughs> stage and who care about you. They're investing because they care about you. Uh, the next stage of the business, and, and you usually are, have a little bit of something by this point. You have a product or you have sort of the beginnings of something would be people like me, like an angel investor. So we would have a professional relationship. I'm not necessarily your, your, your uncle or your cousin, but um, I, I believe in you and I believe in that vision. And, uh, and there are more and more angel investors here in New Orleans right now, which is a and fantastic thing. That was really thing. missing for a that long was, time. That yeah. was completely missing. It wasn't part of the landscape and it really uh, made it difficult for a lot of businesses to get off the ground. So that's, that's here now and we can talk more about that. The next steps after that are going to be institutional investors. So then you're going to a venture capitalist. The difference with a venture capitalist is they're investing somebody else's money. So it's like running a mutual fund. They have a responsibility to somebody else to generate returns for them. So they're going to they're, they're going to look you know much more closely, do deeper due diligence. And by this point, you're probably making money. You should be venture capitalists, unless maybe it's somebody in Silicon Valley, but they're not writing checks unless you you actually have a legitimate business. Then you IPO, you go public like Twitter and Facebook, and then you're off into the public markets. Wow. There's a, so you're not exactly the bottom. The friends, family, and fools are the those, that's the starting that's point. That's good. <laughs> Those are the first people to go ask. <laughs> FQ. They, uh, now it's time to check the inbox. Our producer picks a question that's come in over the past week from a, from a listener. Grant, what have you got? Peter, we've got a lot of questions this morning on Twitter and Facebook, as you might expect for these two guests. I'm going to ask you both the same question. Actually, this came from someone called I Am Tucker. Is Google Plus as interactive as LinkedIn in the business community? Which I think is a good question. What's up with Google Plus? 
So Google, we have struggled with Google Plus as an agency um, and have actually moved Google Plus from our social media offerings into our search optimization offerings. Google Plus being owned by Google, um, there are a lot of benefits that you can have and build for your business by building out your circles, connecting with your circles, plus wanting um, various websites and profiles. And we have found that we have seen increased search rankings um, significantly more than growing Google Plus as an interactive communication from business to B2C clients that we have. From B2B clients, I do think that it's, um, LinkedIn is more well used. Um, I do think that I find more benefits. I find it easier to use LinkedIn for me personally. And I think that Google Plus is going to continue to adapt and change. And it's a question I often ask other um, peers of mine or other people in online marketing because it, I don't feel like it's really found its niche like some of the other social platforms have. And um, it's something that we as an agency struggle with to try to recommend exactly the best and greatest use for that. So I'm really curious to hear what you have to say, Chris. Yeah, I mean, my perspective is actually that Google Plus is becoming really you know, a great set of tools. You know, Google Hangouts is a fantastic tool for uh, for having a video conference. Um, we've actually been replacing a lot of Skype chats with distributed teams with, with Hangouts. So I think Google is good at tools, you know, Gmail and uh, right. Google Apps, and Google Plus is kind of like that for, for business use, but I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I, I don't see it as a social platform where people are, are actually hanging out and posting stuff like Facebook and Twitter right now. Let's we'll see how all this shakes out. Now, now it's time to uh, pay it forward. Now this is where we ask our guests to generously use their experience and expertise to help an entrepreneur with a new business. Uh, today we're talking about Crude Optic. Crude Optic makes sunglasses. They're locally designed, 100% handmade, and based here in New Orleans. Uh, Crude Optic sunglasses combine vintage-inspired frames with high-quality lenses. I'd describe them as super cool-looking sunglasses that make pretty much anyone look hip. Crude Optic describes them as well-made, style-forward, and grounded in the idea that everyone who wears them uh, be comfortable and casual in their character. That's, uh, that's kind, of, kind of how I describe Grant, our producer. The uh, uh, <laughs> Crude Optic sunglasses are on sale online and in 20 retail stores in three states. Crude Optic's founder, Sterling Barrett, is wondering what he should do next. Uh, should he concentrate on selling online or getting into some more retail stores or also wondering should he open his own bricks and mortar outlet. Uh, Mackenzie, you're an online marketing expert. Chris, you're a mentor to many startups. Um, what insight do you have for Sterling Barrett? In terms of uh, crude optic, Mackenzie, where would you start there? Well, I've actually had the pleasure of working with Sterling and his team. I, um, I own a pair of the sunglasses. <laughs> really is a fabulous product and they have a lot to talk about. Um, and they are going to be very competitive with some of the higher end glasses. So I think one of our recommendations for them was to really talk more about the product so that they could get the word out about not how cool it looks, but also how cool it really is when you actually get to touch it and feel it. Um, I think there are a lot of opportunities for them that they are already in as many retail stores in the local area is really great. Um, I think that they could look at someone like Nola Couture that has the ties. They're also in retail shops and then they open their own retail and I don't know how other retailers would see that as competition if they could go down the street and get it, but of course they can do that now if there's 20 different stores in the area that sells it. Um, and I think that because of their branding and their unique look that they really have an opportunity to set themselves apart. So I really think that they can't go wrong, they just need to tighten up a little bit about what they currently have and talking more about the product, um, look at what they can do for their online sales side and then 
because I've already looked at it, listen to what Chris has to say because he can <laughs> offer another outside perspective. Well, well, fortunately, like Mackenzie, the crude optic helped me look cool. I've got a pair too, oh so I'm a big God. fan. So 100% uh, of New Orleanians own these. That's what that's our survey right. shows. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Sterling has great coverage at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, as, as an angel investor and sort of my perspective is I like things that go big, right? So, so my perspective on this would be, you know, kind of counsel around what, what could you do to really go big with this? And I really believe that, um, that, that, that Sterling could do that with Crude Optic. I mean, I think there are analogous uh, sunglass brands, like I think immediately of Warby Parker, uh, which is a glasses brand out of New York. They've, they're online only. They've actually opened a few retail places uh, recently, but, but it was really about brand building. And that's something that I think is an opportunity for New Orleans. New Orleans has this really incredible place in the kind of the cultural economy, the creative economy. People care about New Orleans. People think New Orleans is cool. Uh, there's a, a, amazing, talented kind of creators and artists down here. And there's opportunity to build brands and products based on that, which is exactly what Crude Optic is doing. You know, there's no reason that Crude Optic couldn't be a Warby Parker based right here in New Orleans, which would be awesome. And what about, uh, what about a physical presence, an online store? I mean, an actual bricks and mortar store? I would not mess around with a, a bricks and mortar local store. There's so much that goes into running, you know, a retail location and you know I, I feel like that would actually get you kind of sucked in and bogged down right now where you have the opportunity to go wide you know go big and you can always come back and open a retail store um, but that wouldn't be my priority right now that is a great great recommendation from both of you that's terrific Mackenzie Coco Chris Schultz you're both in very interesting positions you started out as pioneers in fields which are now becoming respectable authorities and moving from the fringes of the economy to the establishment you're leading the way for many other New Orleans business people it's great to see and it's great to have you as guests on the show thanks for joining me out to lunch today thank you for having us thanks very much Peter thank you guys my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Mackenzie Coco, founder and president of FSC Interactive, and Chris Schultz, founder of Launchpad and Voodoo Ventures. To find out more about Mackenzie's marketing and Chris's ventures, follow the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One mixing production software, Studio Live Digital, mixing consoles, Era Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcast and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.